One Nation. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio, hosted by me, Richard Latta. I'm a writer on WhatCulture.com and PWMania.com, and one man, Jack of all trades, and James Boyd, who's never met a sports debate he didn't like. We're a pro wrestling podcast, a sports podcast, a music podcast, all rolled in one. If you want to send us feedback or questions, our Twitter information is as follows. At One Nation Radio, at DangerRich32, or at JDizzy87. If you want to email us also, we take questions at RadioOneNation at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show now on iTunes. The link is in our Twitter bio. Or you can check the right side of the page at OneNationRadio.Podomatic.com. Please rate it and tell a friend. A couple other sites you can find us at for instant streaming and more are OneNationSports.WordPress.com or ForeverWrestling.Tumblr.com. And if you want to get with us immediately, check out the Wrestling Circle on Facebook. Now that you've heard how to reach us, let's get to the show. One Nation Radio! You hear that music, you know what it means. Welcome to One Nation Radio. Um, it is WrestleMania time. Uh, welcome to our WrestleMania podcast. Uh, James, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. Uh, just an anticipation. I mean, it's, you know, it's all going with that music as well. I've been watching a lot of these WrestleMania matches. Uh, uh, you know, just alluded to something that we're going to do probably later on this week. Um, probably have like a greatest WrestleMania match bracket. But, uh, you know, so I had to get myself, you know, a refresher course and some of the stuff that was before my time that I was never missed, only heard of. Uh, so I've just been just, just, just excited, just waiting for it. Like, I, I, this is the most excited I've been for WrestleMania uh, since I've been back. Right. Like, the first one, me and you, like, watched uh, to get back into it live was 26. Like, mm-hmm. you saw me, I was a retirement match. But, like, I'm more excited for this one even than 28. And that was, like, you know... Yeah, that was I, crazy. I was up a wall for 28 myself, but 30, this one is like, just because, A, we're actually, you know, we, we're doing this medium now and everything else, you know, that goes along with it, you know, the rise of Daniel Bryan and 30 years of it and bringing Hogan back and, you know, just being excited about the future with the WWE Network, it's, um, it's very like, you know, we're barely up a wall right now. Uh, a lot of good things happening. Um we uh, go ahead, tell them. Go ahead, tell man, them. I I don't want to I don't want to brag or anything, but uh, I probably say like around like seven fifteen tonight. I recently wrote an article about uh, John Cena. Um, it was um, five reasons everyone or should you know John Cena should already earn your respect. John Cena actually followed me on Twitter, um, danger at dangerous thirty two. Um, for those of y'all that want to you know get down, be like Cena. <laughs> um, <laughs> I screen capped it, whatever, you know, wrote a, I'm actually able to direct message him, you know, I wrote him a thank you message or whatever. Um, if he ever hits me back, great. If not, cool. But I know, you know, the article went somewhere and, you know, we're actually, you know, gaining traction with it. And I was, I'm his, I'm like, you know, up a wall right now. Like I'm very excited um, to do this podcast right now. Very excited to, you know, get into WrestleMania and also tell you guys about the article. Go check it out. Um, John Cena followed me, and, you know, if, if if it's good enough for Cena, it should be good enough for everybody else. You know, 
who yeah. have who has six million followers. So you know, I'm hoping to rub a little bit off in that into you know One Nation Radio. So yeah, I mean, like I was talking to you about it. Like like tell tell everyone like what you think possibly could have happened or whatever. Well, before I get into that, I just want to say that you know, it it, it wouldn't be professional wrestling if we you know didn't use anything that was ever a positive as some type of promotion for right. ourselves. So, right. uh, you know, we, we had to do this. We had to get to put ourselves over. Yes. But, um, you know, you know, you know just, Kevin Nash, I, Dusty Rose would be proud of us. Yeah, just, you know. you know, just to save yourself a little awful segue that you're accustomed to giving just to troll me, um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and set the segue out. This is going to lead to eventually the Triple H, um, the dom- like the absolute smackdown uh, Triple H laid out uh, with his promo uh, last Monday. Oh, my gosh. But, um, Basically, you know, Triple H has given, given interviews in the past where he says he doesn't really care about what the internet says, but um, you obviously know it's not true about things he actually says, you know, when he was, you know, burying people and putting an actual emphasis on the word bury. Yeah. And uh, how he talked about the people, you know, in the promo that he put out about how the people that he, you know, has been accused of burying, whether it was Booger T or Jeff Hardy or Jericho. So, uh... Angle, Scott Steiner. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, I'll just say, these are three ones that, like, just stick out the, the most, though. But, so, right. you know, like, the other people that are in WWE right now, they actually use the Internet, and you, you know, like, as a means to um, push what they're doing. The two people that stick out the most um, were the three, no one's not long, long with the company, it's CM Punk, Triple H, and John Cena. Uh, you know, John Cena talks about the five moves of doom, just like how it is a means. Yeah, the heel turn. Down, people talk about me. The heel turns as well. The kick out of two. One Nation Radio. Radio. Um, what I was saying to you is like, you know, Triple H in the past has mentioned like he doesn't really care what the says, but that's not true. He used it as a way to get over to troll or, you know, to get heat with the people that are, you know, supposedly are the smart marks. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, it's just. It's like, like the, the post-internet healed them. Yeah, as so we turned he, he, it. He's lost himself into that. But going back to the scene part, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure WWE has people that look at stuff online, and they probably, you know, just uh, just like the Bill Simmons article that had a uh, mass man on Grantland about the the potential that lies within the WWE network as far as just being an avenue for entertainment for on demand purposes in the future, and they use that to talk about how great the network could possibly be. I'm sure they have people go through research everything that ever comes through any of their trademarks uh, or their namesakes online, saw it, and it probably got shoveled over to you, over to Cena about, oh, check this out. It's a Cena article that's positive and it's based in sense and logic. Check it out. And it's like, uh, and that probably will lead to this following. But, um... I lost my I, damn I mind. <laughs> I lost my mind. Um, I I pretty much texted almost everyone in my phone about it, like in all capital letters. Um, like John fucking Cena just followed me on Twitter, like, and I don't know I, when we started, you know, One Nation Radio. I, I, yeah, I marked out a whole lot. Um, when I started, you know, doing the writing thing, like probably back in November, you know, to get as far as I have, you know, in this short span, you know, there's still a long way to go, but. I'm sure there are people that have been doing it like way longer that, you know, haven't been blessed with that type of opportunity yet. And it's, it really is a blessing, like, you know, just to be able to, 
just just write something, you know, on my computer, put it up and, you know, bounce it off a of space somewhere and yeah. the, the biggest person in the genre basically, you know, gets down with it, agrees with it and follows you on Twitter. Like that's it's, it's like what more do you want? You yeah. know. Like uh, you know, Cena, you know, if you're listening, um, you know, you can you can reach me, you know, easily. Oh. You know, for for any other opportunities, but um um, getting back into the whole Triple H thing, um, the the marquee mm-hmm. says uh, Randy Orton versus Batista, but we know what the main event is. The main oh, event, yeah. we know is drawing the money. Um, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. This is on the short list of the greatest built feuds of all time. It um, Triple H, I really have to ask you this question, James. Like, is Triple H the greatest heel ever? Like, I, well. I mean, in the group that we have on Facebook, uh, with Belvis, we were pretty much in the channel the Rothbard we had when he dropped this promo. Um, and this is also, this also leads, you know, on the culmination of like all the stuff he's done recently, like beating the hell out of Brian. Uh, you know, the stuff when he's, you know, like basically like a weekly, um, interview he has with, uh, kind of like the state of the WWE as with Cole every week, probably I think on Wednesdays, he actually did it, uh, the reality era, um, you know, basically like still of triple that he or they stole um, CM Punk's thing from. They lead up to this, like it's it gives you reason to think that yeah, if it's not him, then he's definitely in consideration. He's on the Mount Rushmore at this point now, like as far as just logically. And I'm saying you think of this in consideration, like he's done this. He's had different incarnations of, of being the top heel in different ways. Right. Like I mean, it's ridiculous. And in this one, it's like this is a type of heel that we have we've seen before, kind of, but not to this level. Like with the whole Vince McMahon thing, you know, he was the authority figure, but he wasn't a wrestler, and I don't think Vince had the ability to translate to the internet really, and just you know, he would have to job people with you know it would seem like in the storyline. Like Triple H is pulling this stuff from real life. He's taking you know what really gets on people's nerves about him and he's yep. like and he's basically dropping like peroxide into the cut like i saw this i was like oh my god everyone is gonna lose their mind they're gonna be so angry that they're gonna be happy but they're gonna be angry yep. like they're like i, I want to like this but it's triple a so fuck triple H. I, I i can't be down with this you know yeah, and like- the whole thing like and it was narrated by stephanie which made it like even that, like, they twisted the knife even a little bit more with that. Yep. So, like, oh, you know, all the fine fine competitors, but, you know, then there's the game, and then all of a sudden this music hits, like, they're too fucking good, bro. Like, the combo like, of both of them. Yeah, at this point, because they're carrying this whole entire feud as far as, um, or they're carrying all three of these other guys as far as talking. Daniel Bryan's not much of a, you know, he's a decent talker. He's not much of a talker, and especially in the face mode. He's not like, you know, when he was the heel champ, world heavyweight champion, um, back around, um, 2000, late 2011, you know, he could just do this complaining thing and that was, and that was good enough. Or he's never been much of a talker. He's probably given like the best mic work he's done yeah. recently, like just recently. But he's, I mean, he's not meant to be like the person who carries this, like the funeral as far as talking. Right. Batista, he can be funny, and that's pretty much where it ends. Is evidenced um, by so, the um, WrestleMania uh, press conference. 
exactly. So, <laughs> so pretty much, it's, it's on Stephanie and Triple H. And, I mean, for you taking the ball and running with it, like, they're changing the sport. <laughs> yeah, like, people are going to study what they're doing. Like, man, how can I get this type of heat? Like, yeah. And I think, you know, the part, the part about this that makes it so so believable, even if it, even if it, it's a work, which it obviously is, what makes it so, makes you just suspend disbelief so well, the fact that Triple H at this point now, because like I said, like how you mentioned previously, he's pretty much kind of like the Mr. McMahon for this era, except he can wrestle and he actually knows the post of the internet, of the internet wrestling community. Yeah. Before that, when he was, um, what his other incarnation was, he was the game, he was the reflex Mr. Sledgehammer, knock you out, marry your, you know, marry your daughter, uh, while she's drugged up, uh, Triple yeah. H. Bur- the burial then, machine. Yeah. The WCW then, killer. Then, yeah. Then he became basically 1980s Ric Flair and, and, and used Ric Flair to make basically the horseman. And, yeah. you know. Bro, I'm convinced they kept, like, I'm hearing all these different things about how Evolution was during the time because I wasn't really watching this much back then. But they had Ric Flair on the payroll and they didn't even let, let Flair talk at all. Like he was just standing behind Triple H, looking like a goon, like doing like Birdman hands, pretty much. Like <laughs> and, and like he he kept Triple H or Flair on the payroll just you know just for that. And it was like man, and he was running yeah, through but- all those WCW guys: Goldberg, Triple H, Steiner, Jericho, um, Van Dam. Yeah. Like he wasn't WCW guy, but y'all get the point. Yeah, like all the like other <laughs> other promotional guys. Yeah. But the thing that the thing that goes along with that is like leading to now, like he's been like who else has been reinvented and basically had like three different like three different incarnations as the top pill in the company and was very successful in doing so. Like uh, we were watching the uh, the WrestleMania Rewind last night. There was WrestleMania 18 between Jericho and Triple H. And they and basically pretty much was the 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 get Triple H over for the you know about basically explaining like his ascension. It was similar to the uh, his um his DVD that he had that came out in like the last like six months. Makes you look at him in a whole another light. Yeah, like he explains to you like I mean it basically emphasizes the whole part of his ascension quickly. Then like him coming back after he tore his hamstring and talked more about the hard work about how he went through everything he did to get back. Mm-hmm. And um, you see, like how he became that guy. Like you rewatched, you watched his DVD he had, and obviously Triple H was never necessarily the guy like Austin or Rock was. I mean, you know, there's only been like maybe two, maybe not even two handfuls of guys that ever were. Right. So it's not really a good deal. But the fact that like you watch like the '97, I believe Survivor Series ladder match he had with The Rock. Or, well, I don't know if that was Survivor Series sometimes. SummerSlam. Garden. Summer. SummerSlam. Yeah. You watch that match and you see the way that, like, the way he changed his body and his physique, and then the, the ass whoopings he took from Austin and Rock to put those guys over and did all those evil things to make it like he, to make it believable he could actually win. And then when he finally did one, he never relinquished the title, which sucked for me because I wanted him to lose so bad because he was such a heel. Yep. Now, and that, keep in mind, that was my age of coming up. That was my, like, adolescence. Of wanting, you know, see as, as he leaves the top, he'll want him to leave. Now, now because, and I'm a millennial, the post millennial generation that's watching wrestling now that are now, you know, at their oldest, they're, you know, they're 14. Mm-hmm. They're seeing a Triple H guy 
and it's more like, okay, they're still in the phase that we are, like, yeah, you know, this dude sucks or whatever. But Triple H is still digging into the guy, into people that are our age with what he's doing because we remember the deeds of him not, you know, putting doing people cutting, over. cutting band, personally racist uh, promos on Booker T and then not <laughs> letting him get over. Yeah. You know, you know, him, you know, while Jericho's out here doing wonderful things, he's not putting him over. Yeah. Like, killing another person like Jeff, like Jeff Hardy. So it works on two folds. He's like, a, he's right now, he's a top heel for two different generations. I don't think it's ever, like, last person to do that is maybe Flair. Yeah, and even then, Flair, by the time he reached that 40-year-old um, stage, like, in the 90s, like, people were, he was playing a heel, like, but people didn't want to boo him anymore. Well, I mean, along the subsection between the, between, like, the end of, like, the baby boomers and then the Generation X. So, like, between, like, basically, like, our mom's age up to, like, the generation right before us, Rich. Hmm. So, like, maybe, but at that point in time, but the thing is, wrestling at that point, it wasn't national. Like, we figured Flip Flair now, we figured him in these long terms and we did more of, like, a mythological creature, wreckness and shit-talking, which right. has been basically, like, it was almost like, it also did, runs with this sub-split, but also, like, gets, also matches up with, like, the glory days of rap music. So, <laughs> like, we, so it's all love for Ric Flair now. But people don't remember when that man was out here breaking uh, Dusty Rose's arm with enforcement. <laughs> yeah, he's like, an evil you know guy. Very evil. Yeah. But the thing is, because it's so fresh for us with Triple H, and, you know, we can go back and grab anything he diabolical he did back in the day, and it still sticks. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it's amazing. Like, he's... He's like the most hated. He's 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 now he to me he's probably the most hated heel ever. Like, and he's done it so many different ways, and he's so smart. Like, yeah. it's not just you know I'm gonna say <laughs> something to piss the crowd off. It's I've calculated this. I've done all these things in a specific strategic way, and this is gonna happen. Like, remember Triple H is the best and worst thing to happen to wrestling at the same time. Yep. Like, Absolutely. Like, remember, um, nineteen. Remember the early nineties when the man was um, doing the the um, the broadcast. He was doing the play by play. Yes. And um, he yeah, and he would say that, and whether it was whether it was Keenan or Lawler, he would say that Bret Hart is the most is the um, best scientific wrestler possibly ever. Yes. Triple H, at this point now, to me, unquestionably the most scientific heel ever. <laughs> I, I feel like he can give like like a college course on how to be a groundbreaking heel and how to transition. Yeah. He's like, and, he, and, the, and the thing that also makes him magical is so special about him now is like he also had two successful face runs, and he was at the point where he was that resigned, beloved wrestling like wrestler icon guy that was you know a face for like the last seven for, years. Yeah, and then all of a sudden like. SummerSlam comes around like nah, I'm gonna show you how it's done. Like I'll be the best heel in years. Like better than CM Punk was during his, during the, after uh, Raw eleventh uh, Raw uh, one thousand or one thousand. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like I'm better. No, I'm be better. I'm be the best heel you remember in a long ass time. And, it, and it, without wrestling, yeah, not once. Without wrestling, not once. Like he to me, like keep my I've always had to advise him because you know he marked me out, and I, he's the reason why I stopped watching wrestling. But you know, I've always had respect for him. Now at this point, 
I believe when we first started this podcast, we did the uh, we did our top ten favorite wrestlers of all time. We also did our honorable mention and made the, list, the honorable mention list as long as it was. I believe Triple H is on my honorable mention. He's in my top ten now. I think he was like either like seven or eight for me or something like that. I have to go back 10. and listen. What he what he's done just without wrestling is to move him up for me. Like I'm, I'm he's just all he has to do is just fill this with like with a with with a great WrestleMania and like yeah like right. Yeah, he's about someone. It's it's crazy. So, what what's the pick? Are we uh, Daniel Bryan and Triple H? Um, I'm thinking Daniel Bryan's gonna like. I think I uh, put my theory out last week. Like <clears throat> they're gonna injure him in some way, and Hogan's gonna insert him in the main event, and it's gonna be a fatal four way or something like that. But um, I'm just ready for a good match. Uh, Orton and Batista, you know, they're there. They're cool. But we're coming to see Triple H and Dan Bryan. Um, um, I think at this point that Daniel Bryan and, and uh, Triple H are going to destroy each other so bad that neither one of them can actually win. <laughs> so my pick now is going to be is Orton. Orton, wow. Because I, I think they're going to destroy each other so badly that neither one they, they can be in the match. One of them can be in the match. It won't matter. It's 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 going to be Orton by default. Now, I, I, like that's the only way I can imagine. It's like they they've gone to the point now to where like I don't know who I don't know who can win. I just know it's like as long as it's not Batista, it's fine. But if I were to make a bet, I I would assume they would do something just to run into each other and even a double count out outside the ring because they just can't continue. All right. Um, as far as the um, Batista and Randy Orton match from last night, the no DQ. Um, yeah. We see Daniel Bryan run out of the crowd and attack Triple H after, you know, they spend the whole show, like, saying he's not there. Um, the way Triple H was selling for Daniel Bryan, like, he was hitting front flips. Like, he was oh showing Dolph God. Ziggler how to sell. Um, well, he had him on the still steps. And Triple H flipped over the still steps and landed on his head. Essentially, I was screaming laughing. It was the funniest thing ever. Like, like watching it, watching corporate Triple H show ass is just fantastic. It's funny. It's like one of my favorite moments was uh, a couple months back when Triple H uh, took a um, took a WMD from Big Show. I'm sorry, a big punch was he calls it these days, and fell flying his ass in the you know in the same time. That was funny too. It, it, it's great. Um, they finally let Dan O'Brien get some type of momentum going into it. That was pretty cool. Um, the whole deal yeah. with it has been has been phenomenal. Uh, if you're hating on it, you know I, I got to ask, what do you like in in that case? Um, yeah, like the first complaint was, we uh, you know this is awful because this means we get no CM Punk. Um, I think we're at a point now to where people realize, like, look, Punk could have came back whenever he wanted to to get this thing solved or whatever. And when he cut that promo, I, I said, uh, we were all talking, like, I, we can't believe that. Sam Punk turned that down. Right. And Stone Cold Steve Austin seems to predict that CM Punk will come back for WrestleMania. Like but I don't I don't know. I mean, there's always the uh, Daniel Bryan Daniel Bryan wins or, gets or and, and and CM Punk comes out or CM Punk comes out as the new face of the the, the new champion of the authority and because they discarded of Orton because he never turned to the Viper that they thought he was going to be. 
I mean, yeah. those are always viable options as far as a punt return. Uh, I think that's um, a little bit unlikely. I mean, obviously, Austin knows more than, about wrestling than I'll ever will in my life. Yeah. He's forgotten more wrestling than I'll ever remember. But, uh, you know, I'm just I'm trying to just make it, you know, the most, most, most feasible. All right. Uh, that's going to wrap up the first segment of One Nation Radio. Uh, make sure you check us out on Twitter, at One Nation Radio. Um, this is One Nation Radio. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. This is Ty Dollar Sign Paranoid. Seth Funk. Mustard. Yeah. Do you think he's gonna last out the rest of the year? Um, it depends how many people copy it. Which well, I mean, always happens. Loyal, I mean, it, it may not necessarily be a mustard sounding track, but it is rap music. Right. And, and so was making Oh, here come my favorite part. Oh. Look good as fuck. <laughs> Yo, bitch, look like a booger wolf. Booger wolf, word of the year. Word of the year. Word of the year. Wow. Bo- booger right. wolf. If y'all know what that means, look it up. Yeah, Urban Dictionary. Uh, but back to One Nation Radio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shout out to the West Coast. Well, I mean, we've been doing a lot of wrestling lately, but I mean, we also do talk about music occasionally. Yeah. Just a, just a quick aside, that's all. Yep. And, you know, here at One Nation Radio, we uh, try to cover, you know, a lot of the spectrum of, you know, overall entertainment, a lot of sports. Yep. Um, we definitely are into music a lot. And, we, will uh, be doing, we will be doing film and TV if, you know, somebody else was into film and TV. You know, like... You know, I'm into the wire. You know, we need to have a, a epic wire one. Actually, did you read the um the Bill Simmons? You never text me back uh um either about the fictional basketball players. No, I didn't see it. I, I sent you like probably like five or six texts. Like, we need to do something about you know the best fictional basketball players of all time. Um, That's not fair because it'd be just it'd just be everybody would defy answer as easily. It's Michael Jordan in Space Jam because he's Michael Jordan. I mean, we can't you know we we could disqualify Jordan. Well, I don't know, man. Tom Shepard is better than Jordan. <laughs> you know, you know, Ty Crane was better than LeBron James. Really, dude? I know we made that joke one, especially during the final game. Look, come on now. Look, look man. Shepherd, look, 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 Tom Shepard scored 40 points in the second half in corduroys. But here's my question for you, though. Was Tom Shepard good, good enough to save Nutso? Tom Shepard was so good at basketball, he didn't need the ball. No. <laughs> Let me answer my question, though. He wasn't good enough to save Nutso from falling off the side of that building. It'd be like that, man. It'd be yeah, like that. So there you go. You know. All right, man, better ass man. You know, Jimmy, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy Chitwood, better than Larry Bird. Okay. You know. Sure. You know, remember. I always thought it. Look, remember, I look, you, 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 remember, you remember the air up there? You remember the guy that, out, you know, Olajuwon basically Hakeem Olajuwon? <laughs> you know, they was playing with the painted numbers on the backs, you know. Yeah, we'll be back to talk about this, by the way, folks. Um, but, um... Going back into wrestling, uh, we have Brock Lesnar, or excuse me, Brock Lesnar, taking on um, the Dead Man, 
Mr. 21 and 0, um, The Undertaker, you know, or as Teddy Long says, The Undertaker. Wow. Um, to me, this feud kind of lacks juice. Um, it's not really going to mean anything until the bell rings, and then we're going to know it's on. Because they're two big dudes, they're going to hit hard, and we're going to see, it's going to be real physical out there. You know, yeah, these, exactly. these boys ain't looking to show, you know, their technical ability. They ain't looking to, you know, come out here and, and wow you with their, you know, mat wrestling. You know, they're trying to whoop some ass, you know, which, you know, I'm all about, you know, kicking some ass. Well, the thing I appreciate about Brock and his matches, and this is probably what made um, his SummerSlam match Triple H such a dud, is the fact that he has his... Uh, a sense of realism to uh, to a wrestling match, to where yeah, his wrestling rules like if a wrestling if, if wrestling was actually a real and guys actually squared off with each other and they had matches depending depending upon the stipulation, this is how brutal it, could, it would really get amongst guys that are that size and the impact it would put. Like for example, the three rules match he had with Cena, and he opened them up and like like off rip off like immediately after the bell sounded. Yes. That's kind of really. I mean, obviously, you can't just have just just brutal MMA and uh, you know and, and you know and holds and all that stuff. But that's pretty much what it looks like, and that's that's what brought us and brings. Like it's almost like a sense of he can go up at any time, and he can <laughs> someone he can end up where so he is somebody real stiff. Right. Like then, um, if if you guys don't remember in that <laughs> match versus Cena, there's a part where he jumps. He hit, Cena's outside the ring. And Lesnar runs and hops on the steps and like jumps over the top rope, but he like trips and it's like he looks like he's about to do himself and he just like gets back up. I'm like, okay, he's clearly not like everybody else. Like, <laughs> like yeah. anybody else would have broken their fucking neck. Yeah, and we talked about this on Tigers for, but this, that was the first Cena. That's the first Lesnar match I had ever watched live. Other everything else I had watched was like essentially his stuff with Angle and him when you know. On YouTube, when he was like coming around, he was basically maliciously beating the hell out of people, and he was like this big gigantic bully slash. He's pretty much like a juggernaut. Uh, so to see him do that, I was like, okay, he's better than I thought he was, and I thought that he was a very good wrestler given what he did with Angle. Yeah. So like this guy, so I, you know, he's always been intriguing to me because it's like I missed out the first time around, so now I get to see what I missed. And then Undertaker is almost like, it's how long can, you know, when is the uh, the clock going to strike midnight on the great WrestleMania performances? He's had a good match at WrestleMania every year since 2007. Like, you know, you, you argue he's had the best match on the card every year uh, if you wanted to. Um, since, what, and, well, since 25, yeah. Yeah, since 25. Uh, or excuse sure. me, since, like uh, no, since 27. Excuse me, since 23. Um you know, the Batista well, match. Uh, it's already, well, my thing is with 24, the argument would be you can have Sean Flair. Yeah. But I'm, so, saying you can yeah. Make, I'm saying you can make the argument that Undertaker had the best match. So, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And for, you know, that many years running, like, that's that's insane. Um, yeah. For so, 24, that's a fact, though. Yeah. Since, since 25, that's a fact. He's had the best match at every, every WrestleMania since 25, and that's a fact. Um, he, uh... Eventually, it's like, how long can he do this? And what can we what can we expect? I, I know we're gonna see a ton of you know false finishes, and I don't know, like, 
how many more years? I know the the answer is is obvious. You want to see Undertaker wrestle for as long as he can, you know. Yeah. But in order to preserve, you know, the mystique, uh, and not seeing him, you know, go out there when he's like, you know, where he clearly shouldn't be doing this anymore. You know, when when would you take Undertaker? Like, if you were booking this, how how much longer do you let him go? I would say that the thing about that is, I even at twenty when twenty seven happened, I and you know that basically was the end of him. Like he basically at that point, yeah, I'm wrestling once a year, that's it. And even last year when he wrestled a couple matches on late wrestling match on SmackDown, and he wrestled on Raw, that was kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like he's never going to be a full timer ever again. Like. He's only going to wrestle one event a year, and if he wrestles, does anything other than that, that's pretty much a cherry on top. And he's such a big attraction to the experience of just WrestleMania mm-hmm. that he can keep doing that, and it's never been a problem because he keeps having the best matches every year. Right. But um, I would, but that, I mean, even back in 27, I thought like he had two more years left, and that was two years, and that was a year ago. All so right. um, I guess I would have to say. Next year, thirty-one. Like he got the he got the thirty. He did it for the company. He gets thirty-one. He gets a send-off possibly, or maybe even thirty-two, depending on if it's. But like either that. I'm gonna say thirty-two. Like I, I give him two more matches. Like I gotta I gotta give him Sting one year. I I have to see it before before we die, you know, or, or before they lay it down. And then you gotta give him like Roman Reigns or or whoever or Cena. My thing would my thing would be this. The obvious, the question, the answer to that question would be easier if we knew where 32 is would be. Like, I mean, we know that 31 is going to be in the San Francisco 49ers New Stadium in Levi Stadium out in Santa Clara, California. Yeah. But have, if we found out 32 is going to be Cowboy um, Stadium, the Cowboy Stadium in, in Arlington slash Dallas slash Fort Worth, wherever the hell it is, North, Te- North Central Texas, right. then then I'd be like, yeah, that's definitely it right there. He's going to end. He's going to walk out in Texas, get his elevation to leave, but we don't know that yet. Like, maybe that's what it's coming down to. Depending on, like, maybe he's sitting around with Vince, like, hey, man, whenever you decide to go to Texas, this is my last one. And Vince, meanwhile, is like, all right. We'll never go to Texas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Roger, until the wheels fall off. Yeah, like, him and, him and, him and Triple H, they're in there, you know, having these teleconference calls or whatever. Like, who would have known it would be that easy to convince them to stay around? Yeah. Like, yeah, all right, then. Yeah, we'll have it. We'll have it at Cowboy Stadium when it's WrestleMania 50. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, you know, I feel like at this point now we just have um, we're gonna have three great matches. And by three, I mean just at least three uh, between Undertaker, Brock, and I feel like we're gonna have you know the two matches involving. The, the two matches that are, you know, around the belt and also the Triple H Dan and Brian match, so and then, I'm, I'm just excited. Then the other match um, we need to give some shine to is uh, John oh, sorry, Cena. four matches. Not easy missing. I forgot all about this match, yep. even though we talked about him at the beginning of this, so go ahead and get into it. You know, um, the guy who's following me on Twitter, once again, if y'all miss it at the beginning of the show, <laughs> um, John Cena, um, he is taking on Bray Wyatt, and the basis of, you know, the column I wrote this week was, um, you know, like the number two reason was, you know, he's wrestling Bray Wyatt a year after wrestling The Rock, which, you know, 
those two WrestleManias where he fought The Rock, they're on the short list of most successful WrestleMania events ever. He's going down into the mid-card. He's fighting a guy who has... What is, I don't know what Cena gains off of this, except, you know, helping the next group of guys. And last night was a markout moment. It, it was incredible. People complain that Cena doesn't, you know, he doesn't take anything serious. He's, you know, he's this, he's that. But when he came up in that mask, I was like, oh, my God. Because the first thing I thought was, why are R-Truth and Bray Wyatt having this super extended squash match on the main event, like, that 10 o'clock hour where they always have that really good match? I was yeah. like, why is R-Truth out there? You know, I'm, I love R-Truth. But, you know, his his caliber is, you know, he's not on the same level right now. So, when Cena comes out in that mask, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what they were doing. And that was that was great. Like, they were looking at him like they had no idea. Everybody in the building except them three knew it was Cena. So... See, the, the, the part that I love about it is it's like, it's also, you know how people talk about, uh, you know, when they talk about other people, what I'll mention their names, it's called subtweeting on Twitter. Yeah. That's all, that was like a sub-promo. Or like a, like a sub-package where he comes out... He basically dressed as just a bigger Daniel Wyatt. Yeah, John Wyatt, you know. Yeah, he comes out and he's dressed, you know, as you say, uh, uh, Drozzy. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes out, he's also wearing the mask, and it's, it's just so funny. He's like alluding to, yeah, like, yeah, you know, Daniel Bryan, whoop your ass in that cage. What do you think I'm going to do to you? Yep. Like, it goes on the lines, and, you know, the work he's done as far as building – uh, Bray Wyatt into something more legitimate than this dude that talks in riddles and whoops on black people. Yeah. Is, um, it, I mean, it, it's getting him over. Like, the two things, like, the three things that are working for the Wyatts is, like, um, the Daniel Bryan in that match they had and also the building around that worked off for everybody. Everybody got to rub off that. Daniel Bryan with the, the slow motion, I guess, chant. The Wyatts, as far as, um, especially Bray's in ring ability to show that he's not just the guy that you know, Bosch's debut. Yeah. And um, and also what happened for the Usos by beating White and Bryan, and now they're tag team champions. And, the you know, the, the love they got from winning the belts on Raw. And also the love, the, the, uh, the rub yeah. from uh, Total Divas with it. Yeah, well. help, Helped them out. That as well. So, oh, yeah, yeah. To, but to quickly digress, um, well, Summer Rae is, yeah. is, is the realest bitch in wrestling, by the way. But, um... You know, went to the tire's doorstep, slapped her in the face. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed that episode. That's the only one I've watched since, like, probably like the third episode of the show. I need to get back into it. But yeah, it's real. Uh, but we'll, go, we'll go back to Tony Divas. It's a fun show. It's a fun show, and the fact that, like, the Divas are getting better at actually, like, the Divas as a whole, like, especially ones on the show, are getting better at the craft. Yep. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. Like, I'm all for people improving at their craft, especially in something like, especially Divas Wrestling, because I understand it's not, you know, it's meant to be like this, uh, a palate cleanse between matches and like inter, uh, like somewhat, something of an intermission. Look, they going to mess so, around and make that like the attraction. I mean, there's only, there's only two belts that are actually going to be uh, fought for on yeah. the card at WrestleMania. Like yeah. the actual card on pay-per-view. And it's even matched, and it's the World Heavy WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So, yep. um, better than the Intercontinental Title. <laughs> How you love US that? Better well. <laughs> than the U.S. Title as well. Move around, I mean, I move around for the Divas Belt. <laughs> but 
also the back to the Cena part, um, as far as, far as the Wyatt's and their, um, their ascension, like also, you know, the shield matches were fantastic. Every one of them. And now they get Cena and this is just, you know, they're, they're doing so much for them. Like it puts on Harper to show you like the, the freaking the Freak of nature of a wrestler he is. You know, like he's, he's great. Um, <laughs> and just, and then you see what's going on, what they're going to do with, uh, Wyatt and it's like, Okay, they. I just had the chance to be just fantastic for WrestleMania. Like yeah. this has the chance to be one of the best WrestleManias. Uh, like we talked about before twenty eight that this could that could have been possibly the greatest WrestleMania ever. Yeah. And, and as far as from their big matches, what they got out of them is probably one of the most successful. Yeah. Successful ones, but this has a chance to be up there in the level of most success, one of the most successful. And like, like and well received. It's been a for a lot of people. Like and it'll be well received because I feel like they're gonna do something special in that uh, battle royal match. It's not gonna be a throwaway throwaway match like everyone thinks it is. Yeah. Like the end of it will be very memorable when they get down to like the final four guys. It'll be like a mini match in itself. I think they're gonna throw out you know the Zack Riders, the Heath Slaters, those guys. Yeah. And then they're gonna get into like Sheamus, Big Show, Langston, and Cesaro, and then let them boys you know have at it. You know. Think of it like this. They have a chance in the pre-show to get a moment for Cesaro. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cesaro's not in the battle world. But we have liked it to be, you know, actually on the show, of course, but, you know, it is what it is. If we have the WWE chance, Network, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, we have a chance to get moments for all these guys that are, you know, these, these upper mid-car guys that have no direction. It's called, whether it was Del Rio or Sheamus or, you know, whoever else. Uh, Big E Langston, for example. All these chances, I got to have a chance to shine in this Battle Royal. Yeah. We have a chance for the Shield, who we think, all, you know, all three of those guys have a chance to be great to get shine. We have a chance for Bray Wyatt to get shine. We, you know, at this point now, like, you know, I have my issues with him still, but he's, I, there's, like, just, I still don't. I still think he's going to have a chance to be great, mm-hmm. even with the problems I have with him. Because they're, at this point, they're minimal because he's putting on good matches now. Um, we have a chance for Daniel Bryan to get one of to, the biggest to, moments ever to, to, to a, take the throne. Yeah, or, we well, not take the throne, but to you know, to to basically take his seat at the table. Yeah, and we also have, yeah, and we also have a chance for you know Triple H to get another. More mat, more great moments under his belt as far as to his legacy. So like this, the only personal illusion right now is CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, continues to make the money. You know, to add the length to the money. You know, that <laughs> <laughs> because look, he's already basically sold like I don't know the numbers on the network, but. He sold a bunch of WrestleMania. There's still going to be people, you know, showing WrestleMania in sports bars across the country. And, you know, of they course. have to pay like $4,000 at a time to do that. Um, you're going to have people that are, you know, ordering the pay-per-view that just buy WrestleMania and that's it. Like, they're yeah. they're about to eat so lovely off of this. I, the thing that people don't realize about that is, like, granted, there are people that are going to be mad and there are going to be minor uh, network or, you know, um, TV providers or cable providers that are not going to carry because they don't want to deal with that. But at the same time, because they're not going to get their cut, at the same time, there's always going to be a place for SummerSlam and WrestleMania on a one-time-only deal for for pay-per-view. And if they don't want that money, that's on them. But uh, there will be plenty of companies that will. Yeah. Um, So... Like that, and that's also the thing with you know 
with what is interesting about the network as far as being a model for the, you know, professional uh, professional athletic places like NFL or uh, professional sports um, franchise or network, or, my God, or companies, not companies, leagues <laughs> yeah. like NFL or NBA or even baseball where, like, they can, you know, they can do this sort of thing. So, like, it's... Because, look, like you said, we were talking last like, night... You know, as soon as we're able to access the NBA network along with the WWE network, you ain't going to be able to keep the phones out of our hands. Like, like yeah, you know, like, what you doing, James? You know, I'm watching uh, game five of the, uh, you know, or the game six of the 2012 Eastern Conference Finals. You know, we're like, like just yeah. randomly, you know, like, yeah, what you doing, Rich? Well, you know, I, I was going back to, um, you know, 2001, you know, uh, Western Conference Finals when Kobe Bryant was obliterating the Spurs just randomly. You know, I was just watching Game that. Game one. Yeah. Game one. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely something that's going to be um, look at. Like, I, I'm just really excited for the future as far as technology for all this stuff because you know me, I'm I'm a binge watcher, so all I need like you give me an excuse, you give me a like the technology makes it easy for me to like just just sit back and just gorge on uh, stuff that I find entertaining and I'll do it and you'll never hear from me again aside from these podcasts. Right. So, uh, it, it's, it's, it looks like this can be a big moment for WWE, like the, the like the, the show, the network, it, it's looking up everything, the, ta- the, the new talent, yep. or the younger talent, and even the guys that are, you know, guys that you might not consider being, they're a little older, but like, there's, there's not that much Tread on the tire as far as them getting run in the, in the top of the car, like you know, like Adolph Ziggler we talked about. Yeah, we were talking about on um, WrestleMania was seventeen, uh, Austin or Rock Austin, right? Yeah, the other day. And Rock was, was at, saying, Rock was twenty eight years old in two thousand one. Yeah, and, and like he's saying how much younger than he is than Dolph or whatever. Yeah, but these even now, like Dolph never had like a, the run that Austin or not Austin, but um. That Rock had. That Rock had. So you give, you look at it, you like, yeah, you know, he may be older, but he's such a technique sound wrestler. Aside from the concussion, which is obviously like a that's a big aside. I was but in the room. He can he can have a huge yeah he can have a huge run still left in him as much like Punk did at an older age, much like Daniel Bryan is having now at a slightly older age. I'm not saying that they're you know 40 or anything like that, yeah, but like they're, they're, like they're in their like early 30s, and you know that's. That's, you know, these guys have all this potential still left in them. And they're not beat to hell like how guys were back in the day when they were going between all these promotions, wrestling all these types of absurd matches. That, you Even know, then, CM Punk was beat to hell. Like, yeah, Ziggler's had a very like, different path than uh, CM Punk. Yeah, what, that's what I mean. Like, Daniel Bryan's any circuit run is a lot different than CM Punk's any circuit run. Like, we've seen some of the shitholes that, like, I mean, they both were wrestling as shitholes, but we've seen some Man. of the stuff like, Punk was dealing with. I have to give you the uh, the Wrestling Diaries DVD. Um, Darren Bryan was on, you know, his last independent run before he came to WWE. Like, Darren mm-hmm. Bryan was out there wrestling, like, in front of, like, 35 people. Like, it was nuts. Yeah, like, you think about, um, uh, I don't know if he was Moxley. If he was Moxley, that was his name or whatever. You know, that these guys have, have different names at different times. But, like, Ambrose, I've, I've seen one where Ambrose got, his, got split open by, like, a saw on his forehead. Yeah. By, like, a, by an electric saw. I know like backyard wrestling life. and shit. About that He's life. backyard wrestling. Like, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I that's what you like. That's fine. But 
The, the Dino Dice take by the time they get there, like Ambrose, uh, he has a chance to make a run. But at the same time, like his chance is smaller than I would say Rollins or Reigns because of, like all the all the beatings he's taken over the years. If he's doing out here doing backyard wrestling, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that man out there on that uh, do, don't try this at home. Exactly. Uh, but you know, as far as uh, Wyatt and Cena, you know, who do you have going over? Uh, I would say Cena. Uh, just based off the logic I used last week, just like he beat Rock last year, he's gonna lose this uh, this new guy. I mean, if you if were to put over Wyatt, I don't know what that means for Wyatt as far as what's next because it's like where do you his, go? He, because of his heel, yeah, like his heel direction. It's more along the lines of he doesn't really care about the belt as much as he's more about just causing havoc. And if he's already being the top dude, then where else does he necessarily go? Like, it would make more sense because, you know, this was to continue in a feud and see where it goes. I would like this feud to continue a little yeah. bit. That's all. And I, I, feel, like, like, I feel like Cena goes over and then Wyatt basically continues to be a thorn in his ass. Like, yeah. like yeah. Punk, uh, Punk beat Jericho and Jericho basically came back and... Uh, up the ante for extreme rules. I could see the same thing happening here, and then they have like absolutely like I don't know if they have a cage match at extreme rules or they have a last man standing match, and Wyatt actually like beats the shit out of Cena. Then like with you know the Wyatt family and everything, and then maybe Cena gets like you know Cena ain't really you know about taking no breaks or anything, but you know it, it it'll get him off TV just a little bit, and then you know he'll be back. You know, by SummerSlam or Money in the Bank or whatever. Look, just in time for SummerSlam. Yeah, you know that that would be a, a pretty cool thing to do. Um, but yeah, I think I think Cena goes over here. You know, that whole notion of Bray Wyatt having to win or Cena will bury him—that's bullshit. Just watch either, the story. Either, like, look, the whole burial thing is absurd. Like, look. Daniel Bryan wasn't getting buried when he was out here, uh, you know, getting his own train, getting his own bus on the road, uh, you know, having, you know, basically like 40 minutes of TV time on Mondays. Three segments. Uh, yeah. Like, no, nah, that's not, that's not burying. As, like, as Booker T what burying is. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's not burying at all. And, that, and Bray Wyatt losing to John Cena in his first WrestleMania match after he debuted just in August, that's not that's not burying. Not at all. You know what I mean? Like, he's on the fast track that maybe the only other person has in the company is maybe uh, Roman Reigns. So, and Roman Reigns is in a six-man six tag yeah, match. Yeah, six-man six tag with uh, Kane and the Outlaws, which we'll probably uh, yeah. get to in the next segment. But we'll be back um, with our favorite WrestleMania moments. Uh, we're just going to go down memory lane a little bit and make sure you guys let us know at One Nation Radio um, what your guys' favorite WrestleMania moments are. Um, and, you know, get them right on air. Um, we're, we're probably going to do another podcast this week. So, um you know, hit us up and uh, at jdizzy87 at James Boy ONR and at Dangerous32. Uh, John Cena followed me, so um, you know, make sure y'all do too. So uh, yeah, this is One Nation Radio. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. Right now we listening to Wale, Beautiful Bliss, featuring J. Cole and Melanie Fiona in the first album. Speaking of Wale, 
Um, <laughs> James, did you hear about this whole uh, Wale gets into it with the fan thing? Well, he showed up at the event and he was wearing the Wyatt mask and he um apparently he got back into it with Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, because you know we follow TV, or we listen to TV. Yeah. Um, they've also shouted out One Nation Radio. Um, the uh, the story goes, you know, I say it like that because I wasn't there. Um, yeah. Basically, allegedly, allegedly um, this fan um, tweets Wale like, you know, where you at, fuck boy? You know, come get this Stone Cold Stunner. You know, if you at Raw. And Wale, uh, you know, hits him back, like, where are you at? And then the guy's like, you know, a couple rows behind you. So Wale turns around and, you know, he, he sees the guy's picture, you know, on his you know profile page. He's like, okay, that's him. And Wale walks up to him and, like, pushes him. And they get into, like, a, they, they start, I don't know if they tussle or whatever. Uh, what do you make of this, James? Like, like, what the fuck is happening? Well, see, people, like, they have these issues with celebrities and, you know, social um networking and the internet allows people to, you know, anonymously bash on people. Like, you know, you've heard, everybody's heard these stories about, you know, you come, you get the courage of, of being from cowardice, basically. You get from, you know, whatever, from not the anonymous, you know, that sort of thing. So anyway, I'm not going to go through that. We've heard that a million times, but uh, there's, there's a general thing, and there's a general thing in life of, you know, people when they're all familiar in these situations in like in certain areas or whatever, and they act like, you know, everything on the up, everything's all cool and whatnot. They, you know, act like, you know, they're not targets for anything. And then, yeah, you know, that's how you end up with people getting their change taken, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> that they used to happen like, all, all the time in the mid two thousands. Yeah. You know, we're happening, you know, they try and sell it back to you or whatever happens after that. It's just pretty much, you do have a chain go otherwise, because it's not worth the shame of, you know, you, getting raw for your chain and got to pay for it back. But anyway, he's in, he's in there. The the show was in the district, right? Yeah. So that's essentially his area. I know he's really from like the, some part of Maryland, but you know, I believe it's close where it's all considered, you know, that, you know, that DVM area. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's all that whole. Yeah. So, um, for that man, for Wale to, you know, see that, ask where you at, since somebody that man came at him with it, he called him a fuck boy. Yeah. Um, walked up to him and apparently got into a tussle with him. Then you know, while he won the day. I mean, what else can you say? Like, granted, I don't know how how it went down, but like he ain't back down for somebody to call reckless. And you know, like I appreciate anybody that's not that's like that's willing to say I'm not going to take no guff from a complete stranger. Like I have my dignity then to hold intact. So he ain't gonna disrespect me just because whatever reasons of, like, oh, I have this to lose or whatever. Right. So, I, I, you know, it, you know, depending on what you want to stand for, I can appreciate, and, you know, he wasn't having it. So, there you go. Yeah. Um, and it gives, you know, and, and then also in this modern age of rap music, like, any any type of street, anything that has some type of credibility is... Uh, it was good. You know. And, you know, yeah. and he, has, he also um, has a new song called Sunshine out with Common and Rick Ross. So, you know, he's also yeah. getting more attention for that. So um, it was all over World Star in minutes. It was it was yeah. blowing up Twitter Monday night, and, um, and especially when he's a guy that does poetry, like he needs every he needs every every little bit of like that man, like one so step he, away from being Drake almost. Yeah, like any chance he can show any type of masculinity or some testosterone, 
like it, it, it's a good look for him because he's out here doing his poetry. Right. So, um, but um, this is our you know so this wouldn't be a WrestleMania show with us without us talking about our favorite WrestleManias, favorite WrestleMania moments, um, and we'll get into a little bit about our favorite matches. But um, just off the top of your head, James, if you can name um, a, a WrestleMania that you would like everyone to go check out this week, um, what would it be? Um, I probably, uh, that's hard. Uh, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> I'd probably say... Just because I've, I've been watching a lot of like, you know, like the the Attitude Era WrestleManias, yeah, and you know that's pretty much the ones everybody watches. So um, I skip past that. The one I've really been watching um, recently is because I, I was missing at the time. I wasn't watching Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems to just be absolutely loaded. You have Rock Austin too. You have um, Shane versus Vince. You have uh, Triple H versus Undertaker. The first one that people don't even remember. Action. Act like it even happened. WWE actually uh, didn't happen. Yeah, you have the uh, the triple threat tag match for the belt with the TLC match, uh, where Ed shakes a gigantic uh, high risk high risk maneuver. As Knocks himself out. Would say. Yeah, like it's 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 a it seems like a loaded card. I mean, obviously, I I won't look at the highlights of that match, but just it's it's crazy. Uh, one they, for- they lost their ass. They they lost their minds in the in the Astrodome. Yeah. Um, that one's cool and all is generally regarded as the best WrestleMania ever. But one I feel oh, wow. like that's that's right behind it is WrestleMania 19, which um, the main event you get uh, Brock Lesnar damn nearing himself once again fighting uh, Kurt Angle. Yep, and you get Rock Austin three, which is very emotional for a lot of wrestling fans and as well as the two guys in there. Um, Isn't it Austin's last match? Austin's last match, and he didn't tell yeah. a soul. Um, and then, you know, you get what I consider the Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Randy Savage of my generation. You get Chris Jericho versus Shawn Michaels um, in a 27-minute... No, it was like the fifth match on the card. Okay. Uh, right in the middle, and they, they went over. They did. They were out there for like 27 minutes. Shawn is known to do that. Um, but when it, well, he, He's famously quoted saying about that match, when it's good, you don't worry about it. So... Uh, you get Shawn Michaels Jericho. You get Triple H uh, putting the show on Booker T. You got Mystery Man and Hogan in an epic street fight. Uh, I think you get Matt Hardy versus Rey Mysterio. You get The Undertaker's great entrance. I don't really like that match, but the whole entrance with the rolling and you know coming down you know the motorcycle with the American flag is pretty cool visual. Um, and I feel like I'm forgetting one match out of that. Who did he fight? Where? No, he fought Big Show and A Train. Which is oh. Albert, aka Tensai, aka Giant Menard, aka Sweet Tea. Sweet Tea, yes, aka Matt Bloom, aka Jason and Albert. I think that's what they were calling him. So you know, I don't know who had more gimmicks, him or Kane. How come he never had a gimmick where he was George Animal Steel's son? That would have been great. They used to chant "Shave your back" at him. You remember that? Yes. Shave your back. Shave your back. Uh, but I really like WrestleMania 19 a lot. Um, also, if I was to go, you know, a classic, you know, WrestleMania, uh, I mean, I got to say um, WrestleMania 8 with um, yeah. 
with uh, Randy Savage and Ric Flair. Um, you get Bret Hart versus Roddy Roddy Piper. You get Undertaker versus Jake the Snake. Uh, Sean's first WrestleMania solo match. Yep. Uh, it, it, you get Hogan versus Sid. Not really, you know, great in retrospect. But just seeing, you know, Hogan at the time, knowing his time was coming, is just something to kind of look at that. Uh, but I watched Jake and Undertaker a couple weeks ago and found myself really impressed by that match. So, you know, I'm a huge Roberts fan. Shout out to Jake Roberts. If you ever want to come on One Nation Radio, the um, invitation is there. Um, yeah, we can talk about King in the Ring. Yeah, we can talk about everything. Um, the, um, you know... That match is very underrated. Like he DDT's Undertaker twice. No one gets up from the DDT back then. And Undertaker except two, for a dead guy. Yeah, except for a dead guy. Um, so WrestleMania eight is up there for me. Um, also, just, just in particular matches. So if uh, you can probably tell me about uh, you, we talked before, but if you want to let them know about matches you've been checking out lately. Well. Uh well, today, actually, I was looking um, through the trilogy of the Austin uh, Rock um, matches with 15, 17, and 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, if you're just talking about just one match in particular, um, I was I actually watched it before I did that today, uh, the trilogy. I looked at um, Warrior versus Randy Savage at WrestleMania 8. Yeah, seven. And, seven. Um, oh, sorry, yeah, seven. I'm tripping you. Um so seven and just seeing like you know how the match you know it was, it was one of the Warriors' better matches yes. and you know that's in you know that's not really saying like his Warrior but given that his Macho Man and his ninety one and he's in you know he's still like Macho Man or he's Macho King at that time but you know he's still Randy Savage and he's still you know one of the best wrestlers on the earth yeah uh, it it matters that he had a great match at WrestleMania and then the match isn't necessarily the biggest part of that whole entire deal. Like what what matters most is the moment he has after when he reconciles with Elizabeth after all those after, you know, like more one or two years two years, right? Yes. Yeah, two years and just to see like women in this just in there just crying. Yes. Bawling. Like, tears. Like just almost like in their favorite like just bawling out. You see a guy crying over the fact that they're back like, you know, they're back together and then he puts her he puts her on his shoulders he, um, he, you know, he opens the ropes for her to walk out, you know, as a reversal for all the time she did. It's just, um, like, it, it, it was special. And I thought to myself, like, wow. Like, I, I, you know, I was very young when this happened. I was, like, four. But, you know, given that Macho Man was, like, one of the top draws in the company, arguably probably three at that time, and this happened, and, like, he's, like, this is probably one of the biggest moments ever. Mm-hmm. And then when you talked about it, you're like, that's probably, that's, that's, I was like, this has to be on the shorthand list, like in the top five, you're like, hell, it might be number one, as far as just, just a moment for somebody. I was like, yeah. So, right. Um, uh, another one, uh, another, like, uh, match that I've always championed, um, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold at WrestleMania 13 and seeing the oh, yeah. evolution of uh, Bret Hart turning into the heel, Austin, you know, becoming a, y'all know the story, so I'm not going to take up that much time with it. He comes to face and then Bret Hart comes out in the main event and, you know, talks all that shit to Sid. Sid sends him on his way with a powerbomb. Sid stumbles and says, WrestleMania is the biggest event in the world, you know, whatever he says, I couldn't tell. Um, and then Shawn Michaels being out there, you know, basically him and 
and basically before the main event, we get a, a nice shoot between uh, Brett and Sean. You know, we're going at it. Um, but by Brett and Sean's feud, they overshadowed the championship match. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Between oh yeah. two, between two, you know, supposed titans of you know, like the six ten seven foot variety, just over it overshadowed it. Um, and meanwhile, like me, you talk about this, like it seemed like Brett always, like so, he had all these great matches at WrestleMania, but it seemed like all the ones that we remember are the ones we putting other guys over. Oh, Brett Hart, like, yeah. Like, like he won, he won the match with with. With Austin, but Austin won in the long run. Like he got put over because yeah. it was double, it was double turn. Uh, also, another like you know moment that happened at WrestleMania 28, Undertaker versus uh, Triple H. Like that was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a work of art. The camera angles, the uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, coming back out there and refereeing it, the Hell in a Cell, the Metallica song that went with it. It really felt like the end of an era, and here we go. Triple H by the headline WrestleMania again, but um, that match really, you know, that summed up three guys I watched pretty much my whole life, and you know, that's pretty much the last time they're all going to interact with each other. Well, one that I have, um, and I've only watched it. I actually watched it with you. Uh, you bought the DVD of WrestleMania twenty. Um, back when this was like finding stuff with Ben Wallet with WWE's name on it just a couple of years ago was just it's almost like it's almost like finding gold. Yeah, like real taboo, <laughs> uh, you know. But oh, y'all got this for sale? Yeah, I need this. Yeah, like it was different. Like, this is out of print. When they were finding when they were finding like the the ECW DVD that had Ben Wallet stuff on it, it was like hard to find. But um, yeah. that WrestleMania um, twenty and. Uh, Benoit ends, you know, beats Sean and Brett in the triple threat match, and out comes Ben or Eddie. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, also, I can't. We can't bring up WrestleMania 20 without talking about that Evolution promo. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that the, promo. yes, I've rewatched it today. It was just like they were shooting them from weird camera angles. Once again, Ric Flair doesn't say a word. Batista doesn't say a word, and they're letting Randy Orton do all the talking, which is never a recipe, you know, especially back then for, um, you know, success. But Wait, um, was that what happened, or was I could have sworn like they were on different stairs, cases, and they're going up and down, and all between the camera and them, like they were changing, like changing views, yeah. And then one was talking while the other, like one was talking while the other two were saying at different points. I could, I could have sworn that's how it went. I thought no. there was only one piece because I watched it today on the network, but I have to check it out again and verify it. But, I just remember it being absurd because they kept like one talking, they stopped talking, and then they like re- they reach, they all of a sudden like it's another take, and then like all of a sudden like the cameraman is a rung like the a, a, a set of stairs below them looking up, and then like they cut it again, and all of a sudden the cameraman is a step a, a, a flight of stairs above them or story yep. stairs above them looking down. It was weird. I could have sworn all of them had their turns talking, but I mean, if, if you watch it, then yeah, that's I, it. I, I'm not sure. I have to recheck it because I watched one portion. I don't know if they um, had more than one part of the interview or not, but that was, a, that was just all types of awkward, like weird. Like what were they doing in that stairwell? It was, it was just weird. But um, also, oh, yeah. um, go ahead. One thing of, one thing of note. Like I said, WrestleMania 17, 
Ed Spears, Jeff Hardy, um, bang, bops his head off the, uh, like, what, like 10 feet, bops his head in the mat, cuts himself, knocks himself out cold. Yeah. WrestleMania 22, I believe, the, uh, the spear on Foley. Yes. The spear on Foley. And we wonder why he retired early. <laughs> why well, that man had to be going through it physically. Yeah, so. Um, Another one, obviously, the Iron Man match. Um, that was of pretty course. much the match that, you know, launched me into being a absolutely huge wrestling fan. That was the first time, you know, I ever watched WrestleMania or, you know, was, you know, watching it, the uh, build-up to it and all that. And Shawn Michaels was obviously my favorite wrestler back then. Um, and also, Bret Hart was my favorite wrestler, so I was pretty torn. Like, I was like, man, I don't want to see Bret lose, but Shawn ain't never had the belt before. Like, and the way that man was coming up back then... You know, you know, just the emotion, you know, flowing out of him out of the ring. It was, it was incredible to see. Um, and we just passed the 18 year anniversary of that a couple year, a couple days ago, which is fucking nuts. Cause I always remember March 31st, Iron Man match. Um, it's, it's the defining match of it. It, it makes wrestling to what it looks like today is because of that match. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Another one, another moment, like, I'm a sucker for face-versus-face matches for titles. Just uh, a straight-up sucker for all of them. Um, even John Cena versus know. The Rock? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was down for that. But keep in mind, I'm the one that predicted that was going to happen, you know. Yeah. I'm still expecting WrestleMania 31 for them to get their finished trilogy. That's but, uh But, yeah, just to see uh, WrestleMania 6, Hogan, Warrior, and... Like, the throne was for the taking for Warrior. He didn't handle it right, but in that moment in time, to see that someone, they had someone, like, they had that much faith in to lead the company into the future. Right. Um, realized, like, they, they knew that Hogan was, wasn't going to last, but because of, you know, whatever happened with Warrior, they had to rely on, you know, bringing in Flair. They had to rely on Hogan again and, you know, also uh, Savage. Uh you know, Savage is someone about, and, and all the other vehicles that bounce the title between these people instead of like them actually like fighting each other to see like Hogan actually lose to someone. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big moment, and like we shouldn't, you know, obviously these two guys are two of the biggest um, lightning rods for criticism in the in this industry, but yep. uh, Triple H in this industry, you know, just a business. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was just a big moment. Yeah. Um... Also, another one I was thinking of, obviously, um, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart um, at WrestleMania 10, uh, the best opening match in WrestleMania history. Uh, to see Owen Hart, you know, be able to get on and Bret wrestle twice that night, and you know, you walk sure? away with the belt. What's up? Are you Are you sure it was better than Shannon Dang of Brian at 28? <laughs> Look. Uh, <laughs> As far as what it meant, I mean, you could argue Shane's versus Dan Bryan, but um, no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, obviously, you know, you ha- you really have to be stretching the argument there. But um, <laughs> also, WrestleMania 21 is a, is a really underrated one. Like, there's nothing but good matches everywhere in that card. That's the one, LA, right? Yep. You got Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. Uh, you get Cena winning his first title, regardless of how you feel about that match. They got from what I'm hearing about that match. Shawn Michaels once again went long, and it cut Cena's match to like 11 minutes. 
So, um, and then also you get Triple H versus Batista, which I enjoyed. Um, you get a great mon- the first ever Money in the Bank match. You get Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in the opener. Um, Undertaker versus Randy Orton. So yeah. that's a very deep WrestleMania as well. Um, yeah, I love WrestleMania. I don't know about y'all, but this is where it's at. Uh, twenty four. Yes. How could we not not mention? Uh, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair. Uh, like if I had been probably like ten years older, I was boo hoo crying when Flair uh they had to retire. Boo hoo! It would have been bad. Yeah. Like it would have been bad. So, like, that's something worth mentioning. I'm sorry. Like, I love you. Kick. Yeah, exactly. Like, can you imagine, like, if, well, if, if, it's different because of age. Like, can you imagine if, like, if Jericho had been, like, 10, or Jericho or Punk, or let's say Punk. Let's say Punk had been, like, maybe, I don't know, five years younger and then, like, Sean was still wrestling in his 30s, the last match, or whatever. Or 20, or, or last year was Sean's last match, and he ended it, whatever. And he's like, I love you, go to sleep, you're out of here. And then Sean walks away. Right. I guess that's like a, for like, if someone has been, like, a restaurant or like, that's, that's such a freaking church record. Even though, like, you know, it, it's fake, and obviously, but, like, that's still something that will, like, drum up emotion. But, um, yeah, just seeing Flair go. I mean, I mean, he didn't go exactly how you know how WWE probably would like them to go mm-hmm. with the whole TNA thing, but uh, he got his send off, and that's better than a lot of guys can say because a lot of guys didn't get their official send off. Right. Um, WrestleMania three, um, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. Um, yeah. And Hogan basking in the you know the, in the admiration of ninety three thousand people, so they say, um, yeah, out there. And it's a match to this day I like. I I'm probably in the minority on you know the internet you know about this, but you know I take the match for what it is. I like Andre the Giant. I like Hulk Hogan. Uh, and y'all can kiss my ass pretty much so if you <laughs> if you don't like that one, but um. Funnier, um, funnier moments at WrestleMania. Can can you think of any off the top of your head? Come on, man. Anything involving Big Show. Yes. I'm sorry. The Reverse Undertaker. The Reverse Undertaker. Like, like, like the sumo match he had. Yep. Um. Let's see. Who else? Boy Mayweather. Uh, that, yeah. The foolishness that was, which is actually a good match. And that's actually good. I watched it maybe like. Uh, three months ago. It's actually a good match. Uh-huh. Like, as far as your storytelling, like, as far, yeah, just, you know, there's a lot of props involved, i.e. the, the, the posse, but... Right. It was, it was, it was it's, a, it's entertaining to watch. Uh, I, I remember uh, WrestleMania 15, uh, Bart Gunn, you know, fresh off a win in a brawl for all, that man fights, <laughs> fights Butterbean and gets knocked smooth the fuck out, like, <laughs> yeah, in like 20 he, seconds. Yeah, the over and right one, no joke from Butterbean. Uh, Kane, oh. uh, Kane, and Pete Rose, like, and Pete Rose talking all that cash to the crowd, and all of a sudden, you know, 
Kane comes out there and drags that man, you know, for consecutive WrestleManias. Funnier moment: Pete Rose and Kane, or Euchre and and, and Andre. Uh, I'll say Pete Rose and Kane, just because the okay. whole big red machine thing and Kane not really being in touch with reality at all, <laughs> and then he's whooping Pete Rose's ass like for this big red machine shit. And you know, I believe one of the WrestleManias they were in Boston, which. The 14. big red, yes, the big red machine beat the Red Sox in the World Series in the seventies. You yeah. know, and 70, it, it, if I remember correctly, it's seventy-five. 75. Yeah. yeah, seventy-five. And you know, I think they were Rose was antagonizing the crowd. Uh, you know, and it makes sense why they wouldn't like Pete Rose, and Kane got cheered or whatever for it. Um, yeah. Vince McMahon getting shaved bald is hilarious. I don't care what anyone says. Twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. Um, uh, the gimmick well, battle royal. Twenty you, in retrospect, uh, the body slam competition. The uh, what, what what was that? The body slam competition. In which one? Uh, John Stud versus Andre. Right? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else is ridiculous. Uh, oof, there's a lot of ridiculousness. Of course, Psycho um, said, WrestleMania is the biggest event in the world, you know. Well, we also have Snooki winning a match with Trish Stratus uh, a couple years back at WrestleMania. I believe absolute absolute crickets in the building. Uh, I mean, Rock yeah. meeting Mae Young backstage with Eve, you know, and he was saying, yeah. calling her old, basically, but in a nice way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Macho Man and Flair. Yeah, all, all that stuff. Ring, yeah. Yes, by the man ass over his wife. You know, uh, I'd be I'd be hard pressed. You know, I have to. I know this didn't happen during the match, but seeing Flair, you know, with that robe and the blurred out, you know, around the title <laughs> belt, looking like that man was naked from the waist down, was absolutely hilarious every time I saw it. Oh man, uh, let's see what else is ridiculous. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I mean. It's ridiculous now. Miz beating John Cena in the world for the belt. Oh, uh, my retained the belt. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tyson putting Shawn Michaels on his ass. Yeah, that too. Quick, no, quick counting Shawn, too, to start it off. Yeah, yeah, that man got he that dusty finish out there. <laughs> like, the starter, like, he lost clean, but it makes it worse. Yeah, I'm also get you out of there. Quick. Three, real quick, get you out. The fact that Lawrence uh, Taylor headlined WrestleMania. The fact that it, that um, WrestleMania 15, Rock Austin had four different refs. Wow. It started out with Kyoto. He gets knocked out. Um, Speaking of Kyoto. Hold on. It goes, to, it goes to Tim White. Tim White gets rock bottom. He's out. Oh, Hedmer comes out. I forgot what happened to Elwood Hubner. He gets knocked out, so Mankind finally gets to officiate. Yeah. Hilarious. Four refs. Four refs. Four refs. Uh, WrestleMania 2, where they have the Washington football players fight the wrestlers. Oh, wow. That's a little, you know, Andre the Giant in that, you know, he's wearing those big yellow underwear. It just yeah. it just looked god awful. Like uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was a good thing he went to that singlet. Like hey, another one. 
WrestleMania 17, um, Triple H versus Undertaker. Yeah. Kyoto gets knocked out. They go and they all of a sudden they end up on the scaffolding where the camera is, um, the main camera is for the show. He gets power, or he chokes Undertaker chokes Lance Triple H off the scaffolding onto the crash mat. Undertaker like suicide dies on the crash mat onto uh, on the Triple H. They make their way all the way back into the ring to finish the match. And in the meantime, Kyoto's is face first on the ground, knocked out for ten straight minutes of time. Dead. At that time. Absolutely dead out there. Didn't budge. And then finishes the match. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania 29. Um, Fandango coming out with an absolutely, like, grand entrance. Where everyone was like, "What?" Like at that point, we still didn't know what to make of this. Like, yeah. and we were like just dying laughing. Like, Are you serious? Like, uh, and then you know you got had to bookend that with Brodus Clay's mamas, you know, from uh, WrestleMania 28. Yeah, I was just about to I was just about to mention that. Um, with all these fake grandmas dancing. Yeah, unreal. And now his his music has been co-opted. By the Funkin' Dactyls, and they're bigger. Yep. How about, how about uh, Bret Hart finally, you know, getting to whoop Mr. McMahon's ass after all them years? How about Sean finally getting to whoop Mr. ass after all them years? Whatever Bret do, Sean got to do it first. Look, how about Hulk Hogan uh, finally getting to whoop our uh, Vince after all the years. How about Shane McMahon getting a whoop uh, uh, Vince yeah. McMahon ass after all yeah. the years? Vince ain't, Vince ain't never won at WrestleMania. <laughs> Have you ever seen McMahon never. in a match? You know, we should know what it is. Yeah. You're going to see a whole bunch of bleeding. Maybe not anymore. But he was, somebody was about to wear it. Yeah. And, it's going, and, nine, and ten times out of ten, it's been Vince. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um... But if y'all ain't excited for WrestleMania, I don't know what to tell you because um, this is going to be one of the better ones that has a chance to probably be anywhere, you know, from like this, you know, six to six and higher. It could probably be um, of the all-time rankings. Um, worst WrestleMania in your in your memory, James? Ooh. I mean, it has to be nine, right? Some people say nine. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of saying eleven is the worst. I say nine for this reason: you had the workhorse of the company as champion. He alluded to a big man. He alluded to Yokozuna to just to like give the belt to Hogan for no reason whatsoever. You have Undertaker, who's his young, promising talent. You have him come out there. And you have him win by disqualification to Giant Gonzalez, this stiff. Uh, you also have Macho Man Randy Savage on commentary, not wrestling. Yep. So. And you get Shawn Michaels in a win by a countout. Razor Ramon yeah, like, versus Bob Backlund. Mr. Perfect versus Luger. Yeah, it's just. The Head Shrinkers versus the Steiner Brothers. Look, at WrestleMania 11, we have that underwhelming Diesel and Shawn match. We have Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor in the main event. 
You have Bret Hart's worst, self-professed worst pay-per-view match of all time. You have The Undertaker beating King Kong Bundy with a clothesline. And with a terrible size-looking urn, that in all sudden, yes. like, was it Supreme Five Machine, comma, a.k.a. Balrog, a.k.a. Papa Shango, a.k.a. The Godfather comes out. A.k.a. The Goodfather. Yeah, that too. Like, it, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a, like, thank God for WrestleMania 10 and those two great matches. Yeah, like, or else like, it was thank like... Thank God for that ladder match in Owen and Brett. Thank God. Yeah. Otherwise, it would, otherwise that is like the roughest three-year stretch of WrestleMania ever. They, they were struggling out there in the mid-90s, like, the real dark days. You know how they say there were dark days around, like, 2009, 2010. Like, those are the dark days of, like, modern WWE. That was what, you know, I'll say it was like then. You know. It was so weird. Yeah. And, you know, just a couple of short years later, you know, they they righted the course. So, if there's anything we can take away from it, you know, if we see a bad WrestleMania, they're not going to duplicate that shit. Like, they're going to they're gonna fix it. Like Yeah, like last year, what you're saying, that there's no chance there's going to be another bad one? Yeah, well, there was 27, which was eh. 28 was phenomenal, possibly the best ever. And then 29 was like... It didn't feel like like I'm. It didn't feel like WrestleMania last year. It felt so disappointing yeah. on, on so many a, levels. It was a. It was a. It was a. It was like a middle of the road WrestleMania, and they had other. They had better pay per views that year. Which like when you have better reviews in WrestleMania, even if it's a okay, even if it's a a passable WrestleMania, it, it makes it seem just disappointing. Yeah. Aside I, aside from 2012, aside from 2012, because Extreme Rules was absolutely phenomenal. And like, and, and WrestleMania was phenomenal too. But I gave well, Extreme Rules well, an edge. Well, what I mean by that, there were so many reviews. Like, we did the end of the year last year for WrestleMania 29, and that didn't make our best review list out of like five contenders or four yeah. contenders, right? Yeah. We had SummerSlam over it. We had Extreme Rules over it. We had TLC over it. Like, it, or I believe, off the top of my head, just thinking, like, it was there were a few that were better. So, right. um, it's it, it, you know. It's a chance for to right all these wrongs. You know, it's essentially the season finale. Um, so you know. And then is, um, we got the Raw after, which is affectionately known <laughs> as Smarkageddon, uh, where the crowds absolutely do what they want, and it's like the most you know venomous crowd. You know, but WWE is prepared for it. Um, usually they they do something memorable on this night. Like, whether it's The Rock announcing that he's going to, you know, compete for the title in a year and with Brock Lesnar showing up and whooping John Cena's ass and the birth of the Yes Movement. Or last year, um, Dolph Ziggler um, cashing in Money in the Bank, which was probably one of the most electric environments I've ever seen in my life. Uh, And then the. And ultimately meant nothing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That hurt me. Um. Hopefully, you know, WWE can rediscover their, you know, magic with Dolph Ziggler. Um, so, if WWE, if y'all listening, you know, we'd love to see Ziggler get a shot, you know. But, um, anything else you you want to add real quick, James, before we get up out of here? Um, not much. I, like, you know, um, I, I'm just excited uh, and, you know, because of 30 years, I don't know if it's because, you know, the round numbers and how they do these things and 
like getting back into like watching these old like these old matches of my childhood and things that I you know overlooked and missed out on. Like I'm just I'm glad that I'm back to watching this thing that I loved so much when I was younger. Right. Um and there's a I period just, where you know, it feels uncool to say you you like wrestling after a certain point and then your guys kinda you know, leave and then you know, the first the first thing, James, you know, when me and you like when we bring up to people that we watch wrestling is like Oh, them new guys, you know, they're not as good as, you know, we was, you know, they ain't Austin the Rock. I'm like, well, you're, you're, I'm not saying that you're wrong, but they have more, they have better wrestling now than they've ever had. And, yeah. you know, they have to give the new guys a chance. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, we did a solid by doing that. And we've discovered, you know, it's a whole other era we're in now. Yeah, the reality era. Yeah, exactly. It's just real. <laughs> you know. Uh, nose, nose, wink, wink. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I'm proud to be a wrestling fan going into WrestleMania 30 and beyond. Uh, it's going to take a hell of a lot for me to stop watching wrestling again. So, yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. In the thing, in the moment when you were just talking about this stuff, I finally came, I came up with something. From here on out, I think I'm going to come up with, there's going to be a, a, a wrestling word of the day. Okay. So, or on the podcast. So basically, every time we do a podcast for wrestling, I'm going to mention a word in wrestling that's used or a phrase that's only that's only ever been used that only gets used in wrestling. So today's word is solar plexus. Solar plexus. Wow. Yeah. So solar plexus, uh, word of the week or word of the uh, word of the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, and there, there, I. I feel confident that James won't run out anytime soon because um never you know they wrestling has its own exclusive kind of dialogue which um you know we can yeah and context you know that we can use for that uh, yeah. but like I was saying it's, it's going to take a hell of a lot for me to stop you know watching wrestling looking forward to WrestleMania 30 Daniel Bryan the Yes movement um you know One Nation Radio doing well um uh, John Cena followed me on Twitter for being, you know, writing for four months, you know. Um, so make sure y'all check out them articles. Every time you click or share or like, you know, you putting, you helping uh, put money in my pockets, which, you know, finances, you know, these things. You know, I appreciate it. Um, and it's just a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's really that simple. Uh, WWE Network, changing change the game. Watch it, you know. I can't wait to troll everyone on Sunday. Uh, epic plan. We'll, we'll let y'all know how it was. Uh, Diabolical. Yeah, you know. Uh, if you guys can get some, you know, wrestling fans that used to be our fans, you know, or if you can get some people that aren't into wrestling, do it because it's it's this is a great time to do it. Uh, if you ever want to get them to watch, this will be the time. Yep. Then just. You know, like, all you have to do is send them there. You don't have to explain anything because they have the great video packages that they show between every match that actually matters. So, there you go. And, you know, with the round numbers, it's just a reset, pretty much, for the era. Yeah. And if you look at um at every kind of major, you know, like WrestleMania 10, WrestleMania 20, WrestleMania 30, there's a changing of the guard each time. Like, there's Bret Hart coming up. Then um, WrestleMania 20, you, you get to see John Cena Basically, or in Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero. And well, then, for me, with, with me with twenty is why I like. Yeah, I mentioned the moment was just the fact that like 
they finally seeded and was like, look, man, we're going to get all these dudes that were lifers and these other promotions. We don't care. We're going to go with who was the best talent at the time and see Eddie and to see why after all the, all the, you know, all the places they've been around and wrestling at, all these promotions, ECW, WCW, to see them get their shine up north, yeah. essentially, was like, that was like, I never, I didn't see it live, but. Like that was I wish I had. That is one of, that's a regret that I have for not watching wrestling at that time. Yeah. Now seeing it. So, um we plan on we gonna figure out how to be at uh WrestleMania, whether it's next year or the year after. Uh you go out to, you know, WrestleMania week and all that. Like I was like kicking myself this morning. I was like, Man, I put a post on the uh Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook. Um I put a post up there like, Man, I wish I would have planned ahead and you know Saved up a ton of money and went out to you know WrestleMania week, but um, shit like real life is real, but um, <laughs> real life, but um, WrestleMania like I have to go before uh, before you know I'm not able to go, you know I have to do this, so gonna find a way, gonna find a way, so. Um, but that's going to wrap up One Nation Radio. Make sure you guys um, hit us up on Twitter, um, read the articles, um, do everything else. Y'all, y'all know the deal by now if you guys are listening. If you're a first-time listener, we appreciate You know, We're running really long right now if you're still with us. Um, tell a friend and tell a friend. Um, make sure you guys um, check out the Wrestling Squared Circle on Facebook. Um, rapidly growing by the day. We're up to about uh, 57, 58 members and we have a good little community going on, you know, and um, we uh, have Monday Night Raw discussions in there. It gets like it gets pretty funny. If you want to come out somewhere and clown, you know, this is the place. Uh, just don't come kicking that fuck shit because you got to <laughs> we will yeah. we'll remove your ass. But um, yeah, anything else to add, James? Nope. John Cena followed me on Twitter. One Nation Radio. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of One Nation Radio. Send your emails and tweets about the show now to at One Nation Radio and Radio One Nation at gmail.com to get them right on air. Be on the lookout for the next show coming soon. In the meantime, check out the articles on whatculture.com and pwmania.com, or you can click the links on Twitter. That's all for this week. We'll see you next time. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.